and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free recaps, reviews, yep. and recommendations for whatever we read. Amy, what did we read this week? We read Who is Maud Dixon by Alexandra Andrews, which was recommended to us Correct. by... Alexandra. Yes. Not hey. Alexandra Andrews, which would be quite wily, wouldn't it, if she was like, read this book. <laughs> Thank you very much, Alexandra, for the recommend. We yes. really appreciate recommendations. It extends our reading tentacles? No. Gross. Fair enough. <laughs> She's doing a whole gesture we, here, guys. It's terrible. Flexes our reading muscles. Uh-huh. I'm trying. Obviously doesn't enhance my vocabulary. It sure does not. <laughs> You know what I'm trying to say. I think that we all know. Yeah, yep. great. That's what we're going with. Let's be supportive or so, she'll never let us Kimberly, do you want to do the spoiler-free recap of this uh, contemporary novel? I would love to. Great. It's a contemporary fiction. Okay. Contemporary thriller. As opposed to all that contemporary non-fiction we're yeah. reviewing on the podcast. And it's... Oh, I have ideas if we can. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. It's set between New York and Morocco. Correct. Great. The rest is up to you. Okay, so it's kind of a girl on the train, gone girly style thriller. So as in, it's not a romance. It's not necessarily like a murder mystery. It's kind of like a relationshipy thriller, I guess would be my... It's that kind of nebulous genre that's quite popular at the moment. Think Patricia Highsmith. Yeah. So basically the main character is Florence and she is a very low level like personal assistant to someone who works at a publishing house mm-hmm. in New York and she is kind of an outsider she only has she's from Florida but is very embarrassed by it and is kind of desperate to break into the life she feels she is owed the life she feels like she deserves she wants to be a published author she thinks she has these awesome stories to tell but no one will kind of look at her work she has a bunch of short stories but no one will look at them and she feels like essentially comes to a conclusion over the first kind of part of the book kind of burns her life down a little bit and comes to the conclusion that she's unhappy because she's moved to New York that that's kind of when things started to go dry up for her creatively she couldn't write blah 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 so the other thing that's happening kind of parallel to that is there is this incredibly amazing author called Maud Dixon, who Wildly has written... successful. She's written one novel called Mississippi Foxtrot about a murder and these young girls and blah, blah, blah. And no one knows who she is. So Maud Dixon is a pseudonym and every the whole everyone knows that it's not her real name. She's done no press. She does no interviews. Some people are like, it's a guy. Yeah, it's probably a man. A blah, blah, blah. Everyone, everyone in the publishing industry... is panting to find out. ...who she is. And so... So after Florence leaves her job, she gets contacted. She sends out a couple of resumes and CVs and stuff, and she gets contacted by the publishing house who manages Maud Dixon as a as a client. And it's Maud Dixon's agent, essentially, who contacts her and says, your name has been put forward. Maud Dixon is looking for a personal assistant, and your name was floated. Would you be interested in submitting your CV? And she's like, absolutely. Like, I would, you know, yes, it's a, an assistant position, which was not what I was after, blah, blah, blah. But she's, it's more Dixon. But it's more Dixon. I could I could be near her. And she's like, you know, and the woman was like, well, well, you're researching her new book. That's what you'd be helping her do. And just like doing her correspondence and righty-ra. 
all good. She gets this job and goes to meet Maud Dixon and finds out who she is. And Maud Dixon is amazing and everything Florence could ever want to be. And so she's like, oh, my God, I'm just going to be her. And then Maud Dixon is kind of erratic and wants to, you know, she's kind of that a big whirlwind hurricane of a person, larger than life, and decides her book is set in Morocco. It's called The Moroccan Exchange is her new book. And she's like, I have to go to Morocco. We need to go. Book flights right now. Book flights right now. And the kind of work Florence has done for her so far is some some research, some typing up. She's handwritten out a bunch of pages of a book and so Florence has been typing up those pages and she's managed all of her accounts so when she arrived Maud Dixon was like obviously not her real name was like here are all of my accounts here's my email login here's my private email login here's my login account details for all of my bank accounts basically just be me yeah she write me she's like here's my whole life I don't want to hear about any of it so they after like a visit from the police which Maud Dixon was like, ah, oh, it's nothing, don't worry about it. They pack up and go to Morocco. At, in in Morocco, they go to Semet, and there's an accident. Now, this sounds – I know that you're probably thinking, readers, listeners, that this is – A lot. Uh, spoilers, but this is the information you will find on the blurb. So the what book. I would say to you is this. I'm actually not going to go any further. There's an accident. Stuff happens. It's mysterious. That's it. I feel like to tell – so – what I will say is I have now given you less information than is contained on the official blurb on the back of the book. This is – I have given you less information than that, okay? So I think it is central to your enjoyment of the book to not read the blurb. Don't read it. Listen to that spoiler-free recap. If that sounds like your kind of bag – don't engage with any other material on the book and read the book. That's what I would say to you because I read the blurb and the blurb gets you 60% of the oh, way yeah. into the book. It's, two, the, it's almost two 75% thirds. Yeah. of the way. It's, I was like, where's the stuff after the blurb happened? Yeah. <laughs> so bad blurb writing. Really people. like one of the worst I've ever come across, particularly for this kind of mystery box style book. It seems so counterintuitive. Anyway, that's my that is my summary. The end. Go yeah. less than the blurb spoiled free re- recap. Yeah, that's exactly right. Amy, what did you think of who is more dicks? So I have two main things. Mm. The first thing I thought was I did I did find it quite gripping. Yeah, like, like you were propelled it, through the story. I was page turning. I sat yeah. down in one session and I started at breakfast and I think I finished it after lunch because I was like, I'm just going to get through and find out where we're going and what the twists and turns of the stories are. Yeah. So I enjoyed the little twists and turns. They were predictable, like, and I'm saying this. Yeah, I always think it's worrying when you can predict say, the turn, twists and turns. I, it felt, I over-predicted. I always hate it when this happens, when I read a book and I'm like, Oh, I bet you're expecting us to think blah blah happens, and so then you're you'll have subverted it by doing this instead. See, this is how why... clever of you! And then I get there and I'm like, oh no! You're this is why you need to be thing. me, who can't predict anything, and then I'm always pleased. I know. <laughs> Whereas you're more often than not disappointed because you overpredict. So I think bits of it felt a bit familiar, and I'm not sure to what, but I was like, I feel like I've engaged with this vibe or these twists and turns in some way, shape or form. 
I felt like it felt like Gone Girl. Not in that Mm. the she's trying to frame her husband for her murder, blah, 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 but that idea of using people for your own gain with pretty with a very low regard for it other people's lives it, and what happens and the consequences of your actions that that kind of vibe it felt i've worked it out for me it was like and this is a much more niche reference at hitchcock if he didn't have the censorship code yeah okay yeah i can like see that like sort of the guy in strangers on a train yeah. it was a bit that sort of that era but set now sure in terms of the characters but the other thing so the twists and turns i enjoyed i page turned i found it quite gripping i was like that well i didn't view it as like a three hours unwell spent okay yeah right 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 but i didn't like or trust any of the characters from the outset yeah i find it hard to care deeply about what happens to any of them when that's the when that's how you feel. Yeah. So from the very beginning, I mean, I it don't, was, they were not written to be likable. No, but no. but it was like unreliable narrator from yeah. the very first page. Yeah. And there's no narrator. You're with Florence, like it's that you know, like in Harry Potter, you're with Harry, but yes. he's not. You're not in his. And head. you only know what Harry knows, like yeah. in the same deal. You really we only, only know, know what, what Florence, Florence knows. knows when she knows it. Yes. But I didn't have any trust for any of the information. That was coming from any of the characters. Yeah, fair. I was, I'd say, overall satisfied with the ending, but I felt it was like the blurb, and then it was this tiny little bit where lots of things happened. Yes. And then it was done. Sure. So I'm not, I'm not going to read it again, and I don't think I'm going to go out of my way to recommend it to people. Fair enough. I'd rather watch Strangers on a Train. There you go. <laughs> Anyone who's like, I'm thinking of reading more dicks and Amy will be like, watch Strangers on a Train. What did I think? Excellent question. I wrote notes. Which is not necessarily a bad sign. I've just read a lot over the holidays. I wrote a note and it auto-corrected more to Mouse. And you gave So I read Mouse Dixon. (laughs) You are a a man. Moving on. So (laughs) So Kimberly, what did you think? I am going to read my notes. I said the blurb spoiled most of the story. Which we covered, and it totally did. I thought beyond what was in the blurb, the twists and turns, yeah, I found disappointing. I thought they were predictable, and the thing that then annoyed me more and more was how long it took it took Florence to like work things out, work things out, or even be suspicious of stuff. Oh, and then so this oh, is that what really annoyed me. I I forgot to mention this that she works things out. And then I felt like I missed a whole bit of information because then she does a thing that felt like she needed to have worked everything out significantly longer ago. No, so she I, just like but that's took how action I felt immediately. Yeah, that there needed to be a bit more character development within her brain. I how you that. said that you found the characters quite un like quite untrustworthy. Yeah, you couldn't trust them. I found them very unstable. So I totally bought her kind of 180 in the last 50 pages of the book because I feel like Florence was unstable from the start. Like mm. it was that was she was just an unstable character, kind of this blank copy of a character waiting to decide what she was going to be. Mm. And she hadn't really started yet. I agree with you. I didn't like any of them. I had 
some respect for Maud Dixon as a character, but that kind of got lost through the really silly and predictable twists and turns. I wanted her to be as clever as she seemed at the start and to have all of her ducks in. So I was kind of disappointed by her. Not having all the ducks. Not having all the ducks. And then Florence decided to pick up some ducks, but that – that was too late in the book for me. I was like, you're an idiot. You've been an idiot for this whole book. You're not a very smart person. For all for anything else that she is in terms of, like, liking characters or not liking particular kinds of characters who behave and think in particular ways, I mean, the world is full with all sorts of people. She irritated me by just being dumb. And I could see from the outset, like, as soon as I had read the blurb, I felt like I knew what was going to happen in the whole book. And I kept reading on. I was also propelled through the book by that sense of, like, I'm going to be wrong. It can't possibly be what I expect it to be because what's the point then in reading the book? You know it from the first page. You've worked it out. But it was literally just walking this path that you were already aware was there from the very beginning. And the problem I had then was I didn't care about any of the characters. I didn't yeah. find them not yep. just unlikable, but I couldn't even I, – it wasn't like I disliked anyone enough to then be, like, just rooting to see their downfall. Do you know what I mean? Like Richard the Third. Yeah, that's right. You're like, yeah. you don't have to love Richard. I personally do. You don't have to love him, but you can be like, I just want someone to take him down. I didn't even care that hard. Because he takes so much joy in being a bad guy. Yeah. I felt like the end was really getting itself ready to disappoint me further because I felt like I knew who was going to win. And the person who won was the person that I expected to win, but she had a little bit more backbone about her when she did it. Yeah. So it was a little bit more because I liked the ending. That yeah, me I liked too. the last chapter. I liked I li- really liked the last chapter. I agree with you. And I felt like at least that was someone taking deliberate action. Everything else just really felt like Let's just set some stuff in motion and see what happens. I'm just going to go with the flow. And it just seemed ludicrous. So, yeah, I would say bits of it were ridiculously unrealistic. Other bits of it were depressingly predictable and the characters were unlikable overall. So, But you get propelled through it. But it's one of those – and it's one of those things that I struggle – because it was predictable for me, I struggle to recommend it. Because I saw it coming and it didn't offer anything beyond what the blurb – kind of thing offered it's like some of those netflix series and i watch them i watch all of them don't get me wrong like there there was one recently about a bunch of cults that had the chick who played bones in it totally watched that all the way through it's pretty disappointing but i so these kind of books are totally my bag i actually really i read a lot of them this one i found too predictable to recommend and i would never read it again but that having been said I can't think of one of these that I've ever read that I would read again. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's that genre because it's, it's about the oh, oh at and the once end. you've yeah. done it, unless you have an author, and I haven't come across someone who does it this way yet, unless you have an author who does this in such a miraculous way that you just want to go on that journey with the characters again and again and again, they're usually quite harrowing. You usually are like, oh God, I'm so glad to never have to see or speak to any of those people ever again. So it's usually this thing that you know, you don't need to revisit. And I but felt you've that enjoyed way. the three hours when you were, yeah. I would say more Dixon happened to me, and I probably wouldn't. It's not the best one of these that I've read, so I probably wouldn't recommend it. But it was yeah, it was all right. Do you know what I think though? I think it would make a very good Netflix film. 
I would expect Netflix to have optioned it already. If not them, then Binge or Stan or one of the other. Because it has a lot of a lot of the things that happened are very like you picture the location where it's happening, and I think that the characters would be more interesting when performed because you needed the non-verbals. I needed non-verbals I needed- to actually work out that oh, I needed to get the subtext. I found. I, like no. feeling like I missed a chapter was because yeah. I couldn't see what was on her face when she was doing those things. But I, I also read think the that. But I also think the part of the problem of that is that while it wasn't first person, you understood what Florence was thinking because you were inside her head for yeah. a lot of the book, right? I actually think I agree with you because I think this would have benefited from not being inside her head. It would have benefited from being visual with a really excellent actress and just being like, ooh, what is going on inside her head? I don't even know. But we were in there the whole time and I can tell you it's inane. What was going on in her head was kind of Well, that's why I was expecting there to be like more depth because I was like, I'm missing something. I felt like I was missing something. Yeah, I think it would be – I'd watch it as a film. Yeah. Once again, we come back to like the the media choice. Well, sometimes how a story is told is almost as important as what like the story when we listened itself. to you know Daisy Jones and the Six, and that was so good as an audio, as an audio book. God, it works it was like so a, well. A radio as an documentary, yeah. So yes, I think that about sums it up for me. It is trash because I wouldn't read it again. But That's I don't think definition. you read. I don't think you read these kind of books again. It's also trash for you. Yeah, but I do reread the sort of. I'm just going to loosely describe this as a thriller. Yeah. And there are some, particularly, you know, ones that were written in like the Cold War, that I will reread again, like yeah, Helen McInnes' thrillers. That's like the sometimes that's like the context to like the historical context that you're rereading as well. Yeah, and they're more complicated. <laughs> yes, and that's fair. I think this needed stronger character. I think that's what it needed for me. Yeah, Florence was insipid. She was insipid, and that. I was like, I don't entirely care, Florence, what happens to you. In the final chapter, she becomes less insipid. Yes. Because she's like, right. But, but I'd love that to have happened in Chapter 7. All right. Well, on that note. On that uh, note, thank you so crossover much. Crossover episode. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for spending a little bit of your time to us. And a huge thank you to and us. shout out to Alexandra for her recommendation. Thank you. She sent us actually quite a few in that email. and I'm, I'm so excited. I am working my way through all of them. And I've actually quite enjoyed, we've got quite a few recommends coming in over the summer. And I've, we keep like a, like a note. And whenever a new recommend comes in through any of the pipes that people use to contact us, we put it in the notes. And that is the first place I go when I'm like, I don't know what to read. I absolutely love having just this list of things and I can just pick it random and you don't know what genre it'll be or what kind of thing it will be. And I really enjoy that because the listeners of our podcast, like our recommendee people, it's are to- like you read such wonderful things. It's There's so a fantasy much one on there at the moment. Then the method I used as a kid, which was I would go and ask, Dad, I don't have anything to read. And that gave me the Red Badge of Courage, a Civil War tragedy, mm-hmm. um, the Bridge on the River Kwai. A World War II tragedy. And other books of its ilk. So I used to go to Mum and it was a lot of trashy romance novels that Job a 12-year-old probably should not have been reading. Rattling. <laughs> mm, Sorry. Join us again next week. We'll bring you more spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and recommendations for whatever we read. And until then, our friends, 
Happy reading! And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.